Hi friends, and welcome to the next episode of the Oakham Church podcast. During this Metamorphosis series, we're looking at the life and the letters of the Apostle Paul and looking at what they can teach us about transformation, whether that's through Paul's own life and the experiences that he had and the kind of changing thought and direction and mind and the different way of seeing things that he experienced himself as an individual, but also what he is then trying to communicate to the early church and the first Jesus followers and the first believers about how their own spiritual formation uh, can be expected to go. And we're wrapping all that up and seeing what it teaches us about individuals today in 2021 and as a church in 2021. Today we begin looking at the letter to the Ephesians. This is a rich, deep, big letter with lots of things to unpack. Um, So I don't want to waste any more time. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit from Ephesians chapter 2. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us just doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own, with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven and in company with Jesus our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us, with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No. We neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he's gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. But don't take any of this for granted. It was only yesterday that you outsiders to God's ways had no idea of any of this, didn't know the first thing about the way God works, hadn't the faintest idea of Christ. You knew nothing of that rich history of God's covenants and promises in Israel, hadn't a clue about what God was doing in the world at large. But now, because of Christ dying that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. Friends, I want to just um, share with you a, a brief thought during this podcast. And I've shared it before on a Sunday, so I was going to say I apologise if you've heard this already, but I don't because um, it's an important thing, it's an important uh, message, it's an important concept to grab hold of. Pixar. I love 
Pixar movies and the collaborations that Pixar and Disney do together as well. I know they're kids' films. I know they're meant for people much younger than me, but I just love them. Films like Finding Nemo and Toy Story and The Incredibles. And Pixar have done some amazing stuff. Even just their short films, those just short four or five minute movies are absolutely fantastic. They seem to have um, perfected the science of just the right amount of silly and funny and heartbreak and redemption. And that is down to their writers and their creative team. And that is all down to Pixar's overall ethos. You see, their business model is centred around family. Even down to the building where they work each day, it's all about creativity and cooperation. And in their statement of faith, as you will, uh, they say that they believe that creativity doesn't have a hierarchy. I'll say that again. Creativity doesn't have a hierarchy. So you could be the CEO You could be one of the top dogs at Pixar. You could have the corner office, a top level executive, or you could be an intern on your first day working there. And as long as you have creative ideas, as long as you have the ability of telling good stories, you will be in the Pixar family welcomed around the same table, treated as equal you are invited into the same conversations. Now at Pixar, um, they realised that probably for around the first 10 years of them being a company, they had actually been doing something that contradicted, that, that went against this core value of family and creativity. You see, in their main room, the main area where they gathered together for... Um, sharing ideas and brainstorming and storytelling and and having these kinds of creative input meetings. They had one of these really long tables, like those big trendy executive conference meeting tables where you can get like 40 people around one table. And what that table meant, what that table stood for, what that table represented without them realising it, was that if you were sat at one of the ends of the table, it was really hard for you to be able to hear and to be heard and therefore be involved in the storytelling process that was going on in the middle area of the table. And so over time, what ended up happening was that all of the the top dogs, the the high up business executive types, the, the movers and the shakers, the type A people, all of those people got the seats in the middle area of the table. And then all the lesser and lower down the ladder employees ended up kind of just lumped at either end on the outsides of these creative conversations. And this, even though it happened kind of accidentally and organically, this all went against the idea of creativity not having a hierarchy. They're not being this pecking order of the top people are at the top and the bottom people are at the bottom. So to deal with this issue, do you know what Pixar did? They threw that table out. They got rid of that table. 
You see, Pixar realised something that Paul is talking about, particularly in Ephesians 2 here. Pixar realised that they had to get back to their core values. They had to recognise where they were going wrong. And then Pixar needed to focus on what they were and who they were. And not just that, but what they were for, why they were even there in the first place, and who they existed for the benefit of too. That's exactly where Paul is coming from as he writes to these churches in Ephesus. You see, in their history, somewhere along the way, things had got jumbled up. Things had got mixed up. Again, just like with Pixar, probably organically, probably completely accidentally. Somewhere, somewhere along the lines, things had got a bit turned round. Somewhere along the way, some of the the structures that had been built within these churches were actually going against the fundamental core values of the church. So I'll read a bit more from Ephesians 2, starting in verse 14. The Messiah has made things up between us so that we are now together on this, both non-Jewish outsiders at the ends of the table and Jewish insiders in the middle of the table. He tore, he, that's Jesus, tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. And then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people, separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being. A fresh start for everybody. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders, and peace to us insiders. He treated us as equals, and so made us equals. Through him we both share the same spirit, and have equal access to the Father. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here, with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here, in what he's building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, And now he is using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. So friends, I just want to leave you with that encouragement. That what Paul says here to this early church in Ephesians, he's saying to us today, you belong here. But it doesn't just stop there. Yes, we receive all of this as a gift from Christ, that we share in the same spirit, that we benefit from all the things that Jesus has done for us. But it doesn't just stop there. Yes, there is this kind of passive acceptance. That's what partly what faith is about. But faith also finds itself being acted out as well. There's things for us to do. There's places for us to go. There's people for us 
to be. And part of that is recognizing where and when along the way we've been like Pixar and we've started to put that big table up where we've said some people fit here and other people don't. Some people are in and others aren't. So friends, what are those hidden structures just like that long table at Pixar that are actually going against your core values, your core beliefs, your core spirituality as a Jesus follower. And together let's throw that table out so that we can all be one. Grace and peace.